listening to the From the Friars podcast. My name is Brother Ignatius Pio, and this is a series on faith, hope, and love. Faith, hope, love. Nice words, huh? But what are they? Are they nice feelings, noble ideals, pious platitudes? small-minded superstitions? I'd like to say, together with the Church, that they're what's called supernatural virtues, or theological virtues. Now, I know that sounds a little highfalutin, but just let me explain. Have you ever found yourself faced with the Gospel and saying, I just can't live this? There's no way I can really believe. There's no way I can really hope in eternal life, hope that there's an answer to these problems, these sufferings. Hope that there's meaning to this life. Have you ever looked at yourself, or at others, or even at God, and said, I can't love you. At least not as I'm supposed to. At least not above all things. How can you be my only love? Well, the theological virtues are the answer to this, to those questions, to those desires, those struggles of our lives. God knowing that we're unequal to the task, that we cannot live up to this high supernatural life that he, to which he's called us, has given these, us these gifts, these virtues, which he's infused in our soul at baptism. There's supernatural life which he has poured out into, into our soul, enabling us to live as he's called us to live. So much so that we actually can refer to the perfection of these virtues of faith, hope, and love, coming to the fullness of faith, hope, and love, as the goal of our existence, as what characterizes the life of heaven, where faith is fulfilled with knowledge of God. Our hopes are fulfilled in attaining him, and really all that remains in the end is love of him. But what does this mean, theological virtue? Let me talk about that. First, we have to talk about this thing called habitus. Now, there's another word that maybe sounds a little weird to you, a little archaic. Habitus comes from the Latin word for habitare, habitare, which means to live or to dwell, a way of living or a place of living. So it refers to a sort of a way of life, a characteristic of our person, which gives us a capacity, a greater capacity for an action, to be able to do something well. Okay, now that's, that's a little, little abstract. Let me explain. So they could be good or they could be evil. So for example, a good capacity would be like being able to play the piano. Any random person can walk up and bang on the piano. I can do a little bit of tinkling here and there. It sounds more or less okay. But if I have the habitus, the habit, we could say, um, but not in the conventional sense of our word, habit, but this habit is this capacity of playing the piano, the art of playing the piano. I can sit down and I'm free to play the piano well. If I don't have it, I'm actually not free. I'm less free. I'm less capable of playing the piano. I can bang on it, but it's not really playing the piano. It's just making noise. A similar thing could be said of cooking. We all know the difference between a good cook, someone who has that gift, and someone who doesn't. A good cook can take any food and make it taste good, while a bad cook, or someone without the gift, can ruin even the best food. An evil example of a habit, habitus, would be, for example, the ability to tell good lies. Someone who is really well-trained, well, 
practiced in the art of deceiving people. So we can see that we have these characteristics which we form by our choices and our actions, right? They don't just happen. Sometimes we have a natural tendency or a kind of a disposition towards one thing or the other. But these choices, these habits, rather, come from our choices. They're developed. And when they're good choices, they tend, especially in the moral area, tend to lead to what are called virtues. And whereas bad choices will lead to vices. And these vices are basically the opposite of a virtue. They're characteristics of ourselves which enable us to act badly and often encourage us to do so. So obviously, we want a virtue. St. Thomas Aquinas, a great genius of the church, said that a virtue is a good habit of the mind by which we live righteously and of which no one can make bad use. When he says habit there, because he's not referring to, you know, waking up at early in the morning or to a simple uh, convention of habit, but rather to this characteristic of always doing the right thing. And it does, we can't make bad use of it because it's only ordered to the good. So that's what a virtue is. A virtue is this good habit, this good habitus. What does it mean to say that it's theological or supernatural? Well, it means two things. One, it means that it comes from God. And secondly, that it leads to God. In other words, God is the source and the object of these virtues. That from which they come and that to which they're ordered. That which we seek by them. That's what we, which we act for on them. God is the source of these virtues because they're first given and re- from him and then, we re- then developed. So we receive him, receive them. God infuses them into our souls at baptism and then allows us to cooperate with them to get, make them to grow. Right? So perhaps you're thinking, when I said that we get these at baptism, you think, well, huh, I was baptized, and I don't really believe, I don't really hope, or I struggle with those things. Where are those gifts? Well, they're there, but they don't force themselves upon us. We have to make use of them. Just like someone with a gift of music, even, even a very highly gifted person, still has to cooperate, still has to practice, still has to develop their gift. God is the object of these virtues because unlike the other virtues, which we can talk about some other time, like prudence or justice or temperance or uh, fortitude, these virtues are concerned with God alone. We believe in God. We have faith in God. We hope in God and we hope for being with him in heaven. And we love God, a special love which is often called charity. So, because they come from God, but especially because they're ordered to God, they direct us to God, these virtues are the most important in our lives because they form the very heart of our relationship with God. Without faith, without hope, without love of God, we have no relationship. So, all other virtues flow from these virtues. These virtues come from God and all other virtues flow from them. They make us capable of living as God's children because they bridge what we could say is twofold gap that we have between God and us. There's an ontological gap, meaning God lives on a completely different plane than we do. He's eternal, we're not. We're, he's infinite, we're not. Right? He's all-knowing, all-powerful, we're not. So these virtues help us to reach someone, this God, who is beyond us. And there also is a moral gap that we're all very familiar with. We sin, right? We're fallen. 
These virtues help us because God reaches out to us to overcome this gap of sin which we could never take down ourselves. He comes to us, grabs us, helps us, and enables us to follow him. I'm listening to the From the Friars podcast, the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, located in the Bronx, New York. Visit us at franciscanfriars.com. Mm-hmm.